All right, shall we let her rip? It's so fucked up. What's that? What, 9 11? <laughs> yeah, it's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. Remember Are you when still it watching that was clips? Yeah. I don't think I don't think 9 11 should have happened. <laughs> yeah. So, so That's a hot crazy. take, man. I'm on the side. Should we just Same do a review on 9 11 instead? Yeah. I'm anti 9 11. The more I think about it, the, the, it's kind of cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Actually, no. Yeah, cool. I'd never seen actually, that before. You know what? It's, it's actually pretty sick. Yeah. Hey, you guys want me to share my screen? I got a really good shot of the plane going into building two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because I didn't, I, I, I didn't see building two. I only saw the first one. I never saw the sequel. Yeah, yeah I turned it off halfway through. They hit, they hit lower down in the second building. That's, a, it's a pretty big explosion. I can, I'm starting to come around to the idea that maybe the towers would have collapsed based off that because like the plane essentially like snips right through the middle of the building yeah like, there's nothing to support the top layer anymore maybe it would have fallen in on itself look i yeah. don't know i of think the issue it was yeah. that the, sec it, the second tower had a did. way lower budget yeah the only the only way that we can find that out is by building like a mock sort of like tower and then i'll throw a <laughs> one of my kids toys into it and see if the whole thing comes down or if it just lodges in the build because wouldn't the plane just support the building above it surely yeah you'd think that the plane smashing into it would actually help its stability <laughs> you'd think it would make it a better building yeah. make imagine it stronger if, imagine stronger if it building. did imagine if it did just go the plane went in but didn't like blow up or anything it's just like the tail sticking <laughs> out quite funnily there. it's lodged in but the building is like lopsided a bit now and that's all that happened they just they just made both buildings like a little bent up the top yeah that is a much more fun 911 you're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. And only the people in the like passenger seat of the <laughs> plane died. Everyone else was fine. So it was just the terrorist died. That's one of my that favorite version. One of my favorite YouTube videos is just like the towers getting hit over and over again from different angles with the Benny Hill <laughs> theme playing over the top. Oh, yeah. god. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus. <laughs> This YouTube video is called Eight Different Angles of the Boeing 767 <laughs> Hitting the South Tower of the World Trade Center. <laughs> I've got it on mute, but I presume it's the Benny Hill theme yeah. song. One All of my right. friends hey, was let's saying... Let's go around the horn and give a uh, rating for 9-11 out of 10. I mean, I'll start. I think it's a story as old as time. You know, <laughs> terrorism, this idea of uh, fundamentalism in religion it's kind of always been there um i got to give it a one out of ten yeah our a friend of mine was saying that we should they should do a remake of 9-11 like a movie of 9-11 starring mark Wahlberg as one of the people in like the plane that's been hijacked and he's like i'm not gonna stand for this guys we need to fight back <laughs> so he like beats up the terrorists and then he finds out there's a second plane going in and so he diverts one plane into the other and everyone jumps out of the planes in parachutes and the two planes just explode in like midtown manhattan and it's just an awesome like confetti uh -huh. going everywhere as they parachute <laughs> safely landing well a lot of people say that george bush did 9-11 but actually scully did 9-11 that movie Scully? Scully? Yeah. Uh, about Scully Scullenberg? Yeah, about the birds being trapped in the... Oh, Wasn't wait, his no, name Sully? Snakes. Sully. Yeah, I thought it was Sully. Sully Sullenberg. <laughs> he did 9-11. He did 9-11 while there were snakes on the plane. <laughs> but, that was gnarly. So he, he landed safely in the Hudson River, but also then bounced off the river right up into the Twin Towers. 
Hey guys, hey guys. Yeah. What? Welcome what? to Truly what? Rotten what? Potatoes. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, that's what you, we're doing. You, you stole it right it's from me. It's the new host of the show, Hayden. Hi, everyone. <laughs> when I'm behind the wheels of steel, you don't know where this is going. It's too loud. I, I can't continue because I keep hearing myself talking to myself back through someone's webcam. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Anyway, t- today we're um, <laughs> we're reviewing a movie called A Thousand Words, I think, and we've got a special guest, Putri McDonald. Hi. Is that right? Am I saying this that time right? you actually McDonald's? introduced me. That's nice. <laughs> Wait, we what? always we always you name guys the actually introduced me this time. Last time you guys food. just kind of kept going, and then I was like, "Hey, guys." <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Sorry about last time, Putri. No, it's fine. Putri becomes yeah. the second return guest that we've ever had. Oh no, had something's on the happening. I can't hear you guys right now. Ooh. I think I'm cursed with sound stuff. Is this like a, a yeah, just like Is this a, a sound bit? Curse? Are we doing a bit here? <laughs> um, yeah, you should do that last, every time last... I try and talk. The l- the last episode Putri was on was the Pinocchio episode, which was famously recorded through a single microphone, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, that fixed it. Um, so uh, it's it's borderline unlistenable. And so I'm really, really pleased to have you back on and, and actually give you a chance to be heard uh, on this podcast about the Eddie Murphy film 1000 Words, which has 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. By the way, that's the point of the podcast. We watch movies that have 0% on Rotten Tomatoes and we roast them. Roasted tomatoes. No, and we that's don't. That's my intro. We give them no? the okay. proper respect they deserve. We, we give them the chance <laughs> that the critics never did. We let them have a second life. We give them more analysis than anyone's ever given them. And the filmmakers so who made them, them can be proud. We, we sign them up for an account on Second Life? <laughs> yeah. Is that what we do? Good. I'm just not going to talk anymore. I can't. I can't handle the bounce back. You guys take it from here. Yeah, it's kind of uh, random. Just keep. Yeah, it, it's, it's so rando. It's so rando. It's totally random. This is going to be a fun one to edit, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. So it's an Eddie Murphy movie. I think it was filmed around 2008 or 2009, but it took four years to come out. Um, It's kind of in that vein of when he was making these kind of fun movies for, like, kids and was well into coasting off his his prior fame. Um, The director of this movie was uh, a guy called... um, Brian Robbins. Every movement I make is, like, loudly coming back to me. <laughs> if I swivel on my fucking chair just a little bit. I don't hear I'm it sorry, at all. I'm sorry, but fucking hell. No, I'm getting no bounce back. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely hearing it. It's, it's sorry, crazy. Guys. Hold on. Is it me? It can't be me. Oh, now I'm going to end the call well. and come back guys, to it. It is me? You, no, not anymore. Well, Hayden's gone. And okay, Hayden's so what, out. What did you guys think of everything <laughs> he was wearing? Oh shit, he's back. He's, I'm he's back. back. <sighs> Can't roast him. I'm back. Can't roast him now. How's that? Can we? Should we? You guys, doing, you guys doing some cunt roasting? Yeah, dude, roasting cunts. <laughs> nice. All right, I think that sounds good. All right. Um, 
so yeah, this movie was directed by a guy called Brian Robbins. Now, the interesting thing about Brian Robbins is I don't think he's directed a movie since this one, um, but he did direct two Eddie Murphy movies right before this, and that might have been what sealed his fate because they were Norbit in 2007 <clears throat> and Meet Ooh. Dave in 2008. I believe Norbit made a lot of money but didn't go well with the critics. Meet Dave was a disaster, and then this one was delayed for four years until it actually came out and also got 0% on Rotten Tomatoes and lost like $20 million. So that kind of uh, ended the directing career of of Brian Robbins, who's still a producer. Uh He's still making big movies, though. He's out there doing Shaggy Dog. He has an executive producer credit on the Janoskians' Untold and Untrue story. Do you guys know? Oh, the Janoskians. Yeah, do you guys know the Janoskians? They're like, they were... They were famous when, um, like, Kiss Chasey was famous, right? Yeah, maybe, like, the mid-2010s. They were, like, young. I don't know what platform they came up, if it was MySpace, uh, probably YouTube, but they were, they call themselves, like, a Australian comedy troupe, um, and they were kind of like a emo band and also just a group of, like, guys that look after their hair that, like, young girls loved. (laughs) you got no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, hang on. No, the Janoskians, those are the brothers that were um, played the dreadlocked guys in the second Matrix, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, that, that's correct. Good. Now, and they're now, Kutri, and they're now, they're now women. <laughs> I, I need to ask because I, apparently oh. you really wanted to watch this movie in particular. <laughs> Can you explain your reasoning about got that it on the now list. that you've seen I just, it? I just look at the list and I look at the most <laughs> cr- like stupid poster and this poster has him badly photoshopped in front of a whole bunch of different scenes and yeah. he's like got the classic duct tape and the font is <laughs> like bright green and it's just the worst poster of all time. So that is... That is why I wanted to. <laughs> did you, to did watch you go it. through all the films and look at all the posters <laughs> one by one? Yes. Yeah. And then decree to choose which, which one, one I wanted to come do. back on. <laughs> <laughs> That's my reasoning for it, anyway. Uh, did did right. the poster deliver, or did the movie deliver what the poster promised? I mean, you could definitely pick out the scenes that were in the poster. Cool. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> I just I printed out the poster right next to the television and every time that scene would come on, I'd be like, Morgan, it's this one! Yeah. Do it's you a, see it? It's good to see a movie that actually has the scenes that are in the poster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very touching. All right. In, in three words, summarize the movie. Um, Murphy can't three talk. Leaves. That's that's good. Hayden, what do you got? Um 9/11 hoax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you jet fuel can it, it, it might not be able to melt steel beams, but it can bend them at, at the very least. Come on, sure. man. Mm, Wake up. True. All right, yeah. Morgan, how would you describe this movie in three words? Eddie's greatest comeback. <laughs> Poetry? Um, I'm just going with the classic, I am gay 
because that's what I wish he said at the end of the movie. <laughs> 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 three words left. Why haven't you been talking this whole movie? What do you have to say <laughs> under that duct tape over your mouth? I am gay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he collapses. Yeah, that it'd be the perfect ending. I think I think I, I can sum it up. A thousand words. So this movie <laughs> is called that. A Thousand Words. He has more than a thousand words, but um, all right. How do how do we explain this movie? Because that we go through the plot every, in great detail. That's what we do. Everything everything happens so slowly. We can't. It starts well, I off. I know that it's too hard to to describe the entire synopsis in the film of the film in three sentences. Yeah, and I plan easy. on doing it right now. Sentence the first. Eddie Murphy, bad man in book industry. Eddie Murphy talk too much. What if Eddie Murphy can't talk no more, but he die if he talk too many words? A thousand? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you have to talk like a retard just because <laughs> 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 the, the movie has a thousand okay, yeah, words Eddie Murphy, left. Eddie as soon Murphy's as you a limit Hayden sentences, he goes like that. Well, he's a high-flying book, mean, book publisher, probably in New York, probably somewhere in the vicinity of where the towers fell, maybe. <laughs> and um, he's he's um, all he does is yap yap yap. He's all business-minded. He doesn't pay attention to his family. He's a bad man, but he does good business. Anyway, he's trying to get sign a book by the new Deepak Chopra-esque guy. I guess I guess these like spiritual guides with books and that were on Oprah were a big deal around then because this is oh, the same dude. time love frame. Guru. Are we going to go into just how much Mike Myers should have played Doctor Sinjay in this? Because that's <laughs> right. love Guru. Maybe we should stop there. So, so the setup is he's he's not a very good family man. He's obsessed with his career. He's not paying attention to his newborn son or his wife enough. And he's uh, he, he's got the gift of the gab. He talk yep. talk talks his way into deals. And there's a new guy on the scene. There's a there's a fancy sort of Deepak Chopra esque sort of um, uh, spiritual man who's got a book. And it's uh, Eddie Murphy's job to sign this book and get it released and make Buco Dolore. Yeah. So Eddie Murphy plays basically like Ari. What's uh, what's the Ari character from Entourage? Uh, is, Ari. is it Ari Gold? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, but, Ari but he's, pl- he's played by Eddie Murphy, so you would call him uh, he's an Ari. Agent, but he's a bo- literary Ari, agent. Some, some, you, give him a, you give him a different name because he's played by Eddie yeah. Murphy. You'd call him Ari something By else. the way, Eddie Ari Todd. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Ari Murphy's Tard. character in this had like <laughs> the most cowboy <laughs> name ever, right? Like his name was Jack McCall or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. which clearly was not written for Eddie Murphy, right? That's like a white character's name, but Eddie. But Murphy- then again, Ed- Eddie Murphy's a pretty white name as well. That's true. Yeah, man. Maybe uh, uh, names. Big just, facts. Maybe you can't judge someone's race solely on their name anymore. Whoopi Goldberg, oh, great example. Is is that a white name? <laughs> yeah. Is that a what famous about- Caucasian, Irish, Anglo-Saxon name or something? Whoopi. Yeah. Whoopi. Pretty sure. I mean, the Goldberg part, that's like a Jewish name, isn't it? Yeah. You see Whoopi Goldberg and you're like- There wouldn't have been many Goldbergs in the towers when they fell. (laughs) What? (laughs) All right. They they all got the phone call. It's like six days after the 20th anniversary. I know it's- Making up for lost time, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Never forget isn't just like something you say. It's something you live. 
I like <laughs> that they weird. fell though. But falling sounds like they just kind of tripped over. Like, whoop! Oh yeah. shit! <laughs> Where were you when the towers tripped? <laughs> I think I was asleep. Where were you when the towers tripped balls? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you see that yesterday? Pretty trippy. That was the day after 9 11. Similar to 9 11, this movie um, was a bit of a tragedy. Fully planned. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Went Actually, off without a hitch. Meticulously planned out yeah. to the point where you can, you can tell what's going to happen in each scene before it happens it it i don't know it, it felt like a train wreck just a slow tra- or more like more like a a, a, a building on fire mm. you know see now you're speaking one of two buildings on fire <laughs> i mean well, he's the not, second, have you guys the second plane have you guys, hasn't hit have you guys seen the footage of george bush in like a kid's um yes like, like he's reading to the kids and then like one of his advisors comes up and whispers in his ear, Eddie Murphy's new mu- movie, 1,000 Words, just came out. And he just sits there for like minutes <laughs> and he doesn't minutes. do anything about it. Yeah, it doesn't disgusting. even run out to a theatre. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get tickets. Uh, classic Bush. But the Ari Gold character in this movie, he's not really that bad. Made of like, gold. No. No, nah. he's he's just it, he didn't want to change a nappy, but he's out there <laughs> making like buco dolores <laughs> in this really nice house, and the only thing that he hasn't done is put a fence around the pool. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and then he's he's like, I'll compromise, you know, I'll paint the media room, we'll put some some fancy wallpaper on the walls. He's willing to compromise um, with yeah. his yeah. very difficult woman. His his they, wife they w- stumble w- was, over that a bit, don't yeah. they? Yeah. So his wife is Kerry Washington, and they've got a, a young one year old. And for some reason, her issue is like, this house is too nice to have a child in. You don't, you haven't even fenced the pool yet, which is fair enough. Like, you got to fence the pool, got to shut you the gotta gate. you got to fence the pool. Yeah. You've got to shut the gate. you got to learn how Teach to Teach your kids to swim. It's great. Yeah. Supervise, watch your mate, and learn how to. Resusc- and what's the eighth Re- one? Resuscitate. Resuscitate. Yeah. Come on, Yay. everybody. Sing. So, Eddie Murphy, instead of saying, fine, I'll do the, the five... Um, just decides like at the end of the movie, I'll just buy you a new house. Like we'll just move into a a new house. Oh, spoilers! But yeah, come yeah. on, man. God. Yeah, he grumbles under the pressure. We're trying to take people on a journey, man. And it's oh. kind of ironic that he buys her an apartment in the South Building. <laughs> why? What we didn't yeah, see though is that he, he continues to live in his bachelor pad. He just buys that house to get his wife and kid away from him. Damn he doesn't bitch. That's what he learns. He still didn't put a fence up as well. No, he didn't put a fence up. <laughs> no. Maybe a fence would have stopped the planes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had a fence, we you know wouldn't what? have gone down you like that. What That's what they say. The best planes? defense is a fence. A big wall. <laughs> Trump needed to build a wall True. around New York City that was like 110 <laughs> stories tall. Mm. Mm-hmm. So then a plane would have to go up and then down into it and it wouldn't do nearly as much damage. No, I feel like that would do way more damage. <laughs> nah, you just break the helicopter pad or whatever on the top of the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I imagine the plane is still dodging the wall, so it would have to go all the way up and then uh, what's yeah. called, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dive. to do the action with my hand while not remembering the words. <laughs> Nosedive. Plummet. That's it. Nosedive. Nosedive. 
Um, all right, I'm going to do a quick uh, just smash through <laughs> some of the story of a thousand words. Hayden keeps calling it uh, a, a, the thousand words or whatever, but it's a thousand words. Um, it starts off with a voiceover. We see all this stuff smashed in a house. We're kind of like panning around the room. We come up on Eddie Murphy. He's doing a voiceover. He's like, hi, I'm Jack McCall. If you can hear this, it's not my voice. It's my inner voice. And he's standing outside of this beautiful tree and it's golden hour, kind of nearly sunset. And he turns to reveal to the camera that his mouth is duct taped. And this is like, you know, we're meant to go, what? Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> we're not hearing him really talk. He's... He's inner voicing. He's like somehow recorded his inner I monologue. I hope this, for movie this movie tells me how we got to this place. That's yeah. what I'm thinking, and I'm, yeah. I'm thinking it while I'm not wearing pants. So and let me ask you. Let me let me ask you guys something. If you get food delivered and the guy's knocking at the door, I mean, is but that, you're also doing a podcast. What What do you do in that situation when it's it's not your food? And he just he just and he just keeps knocking, and he can probably hear you as well. <laughs> what do you do? And it's for the roommate. Is it like your roommate's food? Yeah, and he's here. That he's still <laughs> he's going. still there. Let the poor guy in and get him on mic. Don't you have to? Like, I thought the delivery food thing was they have to leave it at the door now. Yeah, I think it. I think that's a thing for Uber Eats. But if you're getting menu log or the other ones, I I don't mm. know if that applies. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Fun facts for you. Fun facts, menu log, <laughs> creepy dudes. They're like, right. so, you got to right, see the right, food before you get the food. <laughs> yeah, you got to go through it and say, yeah, it's all here, right? They never do I, that. I can they hear him now. I can, I, now he's saying, I'm eating it. <laughs> <laughs> I could, he's, he's audibly chomping. <laughs> I don't this know is... what you do in that case, Morgan. I'm sorry. Okay. I wish I um, did. So, yeah, he's got duct tape. How does he get duct tape on his face? We need to find out how and why. This is a narrative device. Doesn't he say something along the lines of like, the reason I can't talk is I'm going to die if I do, right? Doesn't he say something like that? Yeah, but isn't that like a a flash forward, that scene, that first scene? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is indeed. It's, um, It's a narrative device they call in media res, I think, which is basically when you start when the movie's interesting, just so people are like, fine, I'll watch this. But what happens to me is I just go... Okay, if that's the best thing that's going to happen in this movie, I got like an hour of shit to get through now. I mean, this is non-linear storytelling at its finest, <laughs> and I think this is really what Pulp Fiction was aspiring to. I yeah. um, think so. Never quite got there, but now we finally hit the gem, the uncut gem. It sort so, of reminds me of waking up in Australia on the twelfth uh, of December. September. It's still a, well, of September. It's still September eleven in the states. Yeah, and um, I'm looking at these planes crashing into buildings. I'm like, <laughs> how did we get here? I need to unfurl the first <laughs> yeah. half of the story. Oh yeah. wait, I've actually got a pretty good 9/11 story. So <laughs> this is a great when, podcast. We're doing a fantastic when this happened, job here. <laughs> I would have been in like year three. You guys probably would have been around year three, year five, or you know, we're all I in was that in high park. school. You're in high school. Okay, I guess I was yeah, in year so. five. So we're like eleven to fourteen years old. No, and it's you can do the math very easily. It <laughs> happened on September eleventh, two thousand and one. You okay. know when your birthday was. 20, 20, you <laughs> nine, ten. So I was nine. Yeah. I guess you guys were fourteen to eighteen. Oh, you were nine and I was eleven. 
<laughs> what were you doing in high school at the age of <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I wasn't 11. <laughs> Maybe I just wanted to check high school out for the yeah. day. I still hate that it's called 9-11 when the real smart people do their calendars day then month, not month then day. So it's always mm. been 11-9 for us. Yeah. But it doesn't roll off the tongue like yeah, 9-11. I know. I know. Is that the only reason the Americans started doing that? Because they were like, it just sounds way better. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. And then they were trying to explain to us in class at like 9am what had happened. They um, explained it to us at 11am. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you guys had a, a bit of a time difference in high school over there oh. at Chisholm. <laughs> in Gary, we, we got it two hours earlier. and. Whoa. There was a kid that was missing from the class who oh, shall. Oh shit! Was na- he in the towers? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. He was out in the pit doing something like out on Crimmins Court, which was the basketball court <laughs> that was named after a, an old teacher who had cancer. Oh, God. And um, this is, wait, is that a bit or is that for real? No, wait, I think Morgan, that's true. Was the old teacher one of the first responders? Is that how he developed the cancer? Yeah, they very quickly built a basketball <laughs> court in Mr. Crimson. Really name. fast. Um, and then the student in question, who shall rena- remain nameless, whose name was Garwood, <laughs> ran. <laughs> he, he ran in through the big sliding door, which is like a really big, cumbersome thing to open that really only adults could open. But he was late, and he opened it like pried his fingers in there, slid it open, <laughs> and then everybody sort of like turned and looked at him. This is at like the apex of the storytelling to us of this tragedy, and it's all dawning on us, you know, like the the um, fragility of life and all this sort of thing is is coming to us as nine-year-olds. And he just he's just laughing about something. He's like, there's, there's a dog out there with some meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I like that. Um, there was a kid in my learned. school. So we were, yeah, in year four or something. We were like 10 years old. And uh, one of the kids was calling the little white Christian boy just going, hey, you're Osama Bin Laden. And then he like cried and went to the teachers and they were like, you cannot say that. That is like so, so bad for a 10-year-old to call another 10-year-old Osama Bin Laden. (laughs) Hey, um, what if those planes had like hit some buildings in, I don't know, Texas? Then it'd be the Austin Towers. Yeah, baby! Uh, I'll (laughs) behave! Austin Towers. Ooh, don't hey, he, fly a plane he, into my penis. There's my. That's where. I don't know. My mojo's in there. That's baby. where my mojo is, baby. No. <laughs> <laughs> he was in this movie briefly. He was. Oh, As I want to see um, figurine. I want to see uh, oh, Austin Powers true. do that thing where he's like trying to reverse the plane out of the thing, and he's got his, his <laughs> in two walls. <laughs> So Eddie, right, Murphy, right. Eddie Murphy's trying to. Well, he goes into work. Yeah, uh, we've established that he's. Well, it's confused, right? Because he's not that bad a father. He seems to love his kid enough, but he does sort of like his work a fair bit. He goes to the psych. This is sort of sets up a day in the life of. He he leaves his house. He goes to the psych. He talks at the psych for an hour, and the psych doesn't yeah. like. Get a he's, word he's unable in. to get a word in because this guy just talks and talks and talks. He drops his car off out front of his uh, high-flying job and he's rude to the, um, what do you call a guy that parks your car for you? Valet. The valet. valet. Oh, there's um, also one other thing he does which shows mm. that he's a bit of a dick is he goes to, su- uh, not Subway, Starbucks to get his morning oh, coffee. Right. He notices the line is a little too long. 
He goes to the, he tries to push in line and they're like, no, go to the back. And then he just fakes a phone call where he's like, what do you mean you're in labor, honey? The baby's coming now. And then they let him push to the front. And then the last two people in the front are like big, scary, tradey, you know, building guys. And then he's like, it's twins. And then they're like, come on. And they give him a coffee. So he's a fast talker, but he's also a bit loose with the truth when he needs to get what he wants. Yeah, free coffee. He doesn't have to order. And the reason I think they really relate to the twins line is because there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> like the towers. Yeah, like the towers. That's crazy. Shit, dude. But yeah, at worst, he's a lovably selfish man. But at best, he's like very ambitious and a good provider. <laughs> yeah. And so oh, he's yeah, a bit- and then- He's a bit well, rude to the valet, but the valet is like, have you read my manuscript yet? And it's like, you're a high-powered literary agent at like a major firm. You don't want to read the valet guy's manuscript. So, he's just kind of like, uh, yeah, whatever. No, if yeah. anything, the valet is the villain in this yeah. movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. He um, makes some some harsh decisions. And then and then we, we go into this board meeting where Eddie Murphy presents to his boss and everyone else... Uh, on his level, um, hey, there's this um, new sort of guru guy who's into Zen Buddhism and everyone's like, he's got a huge following. He's here in town today. I'm going to go talk to him. He's got this book that I've heard about. I'm going to go talk to him and I'm going to sign that motherfucking book and we're going to make Buco Dolore. Uh, yeah. And so he does set off to do that and he he sits in on this guy's meditation class and pretends to have like experience Nirvana and um, tries to trick this guy into loving him so that he will yeah. give him the rights to his book. And yeah, he says, sort of- he, he says all the right things, doesn't he? He's buttering this this Dr. Sinjay up, um, who's a, a popular holistic healer type character. Um, but even Eddie Murphy's character, Jack, is is openly saying in his pitch presentation that it's new age bullshit crap. You know, he doesn't right. believe in it as well. Uh, Alison Janney is his publishing boss. And his secretary is a guy called Clark Duke. Um, I first yeah. became aware of Clark Duke because he was really good friends with Michael Serra and they had a web series in like the early 2000s, maybe like 2003 or four. And and they were and it was just called Clark and Michael. I thought it was really funny. And then Michael Serra was on Arrested Development, super bad, and became like a massive star and um, Scott Pilgrim and everything. And then uh, Clark Duke was just not in like anything for like 10 years he would just get but like didn't he he went on to the 730 report didn't he and he joined up with door <laughs> clark and door <laughs> no he he did end up getting on the office in the later seasons as like one of the young intern characters and then he obviously got this movie with eddie murphy that would have been his first like big role in a big hollywood movie and um then it didn't come out for four years but by the time it did come out, he was in the hot tub time machine and that kind of got him there as well. Yeah, man. And he was in Sex Drive and Sex Drive was great. <laughs> and had Seth Green, Fall Out Boy was in it. The whole boy. Perfect. The whole boy fell out. He, now, is he Sex was Drive exactly was, what it was, sounds was... like? Is, is Sex Drive a car that just drives into vaginas? Mm. But basically, <laughs> have you, do you, are you familiar with the, the term cussy? It's... Oh, no, oh, yeah, no, yeah, um, no. <laughs> yeah, so it's when when you have a romantic relationship with your car. Oh, yeah, and so the you bend the seat back, and and what the the fold would be would be the car pussy. That's yeah, why that's, they call it a cussy. 
Um, so sex drive is essentially, yeah, I mean, it's like Knight Rider, but with Clark. <laughs> yeah, Duke I've seen Sex Drive. It is pretty fun. Great movie. Isn't Seth Green like an Amish guy? Amazing. Cussy. Yeah, they get into the Rumspringer thing. You know, when, when they're 16, they get to experience the real world. Most of those uh, Amish kids end wow. up selling uh, meth. Anyway, so the whole movie is that, that Eddie Murphy can talk anyone into doing anything. <laughs> That's his, his magic mouth, right? Um, this movie was also produced by Nicolas Cage. Did you guys see that in the opening credits? Yeah, that one threw me for a loop. I was I expecting him to show up at some I point. I didn't see that. I don't know why he would have produced this movie, but he did. Anyway, so, so weirdo, uh, Eddie Murphy man. finally meets this Dr. Sinjay. He goes to one of his classes. He's He pretends to have like an attack in the middle of the yoga session. Like he pretends to be in all this pain because I guess there's a part where the, the Sinjay is like, the pain is good when you're in yoga. And so he just like screams for a while and then gets taken aside. And he's just basically trying to convince him like, let me publish your book. I've heard it's great. Have you read it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I read the whole thing. I love it. Um, it's already been established that all Eddie Murphy does is read the first five and the last five pages of any book. He's super lazy at his job. He can tell if it's going to be a hit from the first five pages. Um so, yeah, he, he goes on this long, like, improvised rant about how he may have been a bird in a previous life, but this uh, doctor guy is not impressed. Um, Eddie Murphy, like, cuts his hand on this tree at one point and gets a splinter, and I think that's kind of like the magical connection with the tree. Um, and so Dr. Sinjay's like, fine, I'll sign with you. Um, you just have to promise you won't ever, like, ruin the message of the book. And Eddie Murphy's like, oh, yeah, of course not. And, and then he's super happy. Um, he goes and visits his dementia-ridden mother. It's actually quite sad. And so that's, again, where you get confused, right? Because he's being a good son and he's doing the right yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's like, he doesn't seem like that bad a guy. He just is a bit, he's just a bit arrogant in his job, in his work life. Also, can you guys confirm it was her birthday? They were celebrating her birthday? Uh, the second time they were, I think. Well, when I he went they the, were later on times. in the movie. The, the, end, the yeah. first time they say birthday a lot of, oh, a lot yeah. of the time. It must just be one of those like must be a uh, fake dementia one. loops where I she think, thinks yeah. it's her birthday. I think she's got dementia. Um, that also, yeah, when he first goes over there and talks to her, and it's like I don't know, it's quite emotional, and you're and yeah, and you're like, oh, I guess this guy does have some depth. Um, it starts introducing these flashbacks of like him as a boy, but he's talking to himself, so he's playing his dad, but as like an apparition, which I didn't understand until the end, where I was like, oh, I get what they were going, but I couldn't tell if it was like a memory or a dream or. Who was the dad? And yeah, anyway, the, the idea is that Eddie Murphy's dad like walked out on him when they were young. And so he grew up without his dad and he doesn't really like his dad. He hates his dad. And don't we all hate Eddie Murphy's dad? <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, yeah, he's, he's talking to his wife. He goes home. He's talking to his wife about moving house, potentially getting a different place, being more safe and family friendly. And then this, the earth shakes and quakes and this giant tree grows in his backyard. And it's like the same tree that he cut his hand on. Um, and then he gets the book. And Clark Duke is like, have you read the book? And he's like, no, is it good? And then Clark Duke's like, it's five pages. It's five pages long. And then Eddie Murphy starts freaking out because he realizes he's signed this guy to a huge book deal for a five-page, you know, pamphlet, basically. Um, 
And also the the tree in the backyard. Every time he speaks, one of the leaves falls off. Yeah. And if- also the the wife did not question the tree. Be- <laughs> they did not question this earthquake or tree randomly appearing in any way. Like if I saw if that happened in our backyard, I would be like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah. The the <laughs> biggest the biggest plot hole of this whole thing is the the sort of destruction of their marriage which centers around him not being able to communicate to her that there's a new tree that has grown (laughs) in the space of five seconds and he'll waste words on all sorts of things like talking to somebody on the phone trying to connect to his spiritual guide in bolivia or like just swearing because he's frustrated but he he won't explain to her that there's a tree in the background until it's too late and 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 she's just taking Things like that he's saying as metaphors, like "Oh, there's a tree that has a thousand leaves, and every time it falls <laughs> off, I feel like I'm a little bit dead inside." And she's like, "That's a sappy metaphor for a middle-aged man." And she's Australian for some reason. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so he 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 sees the tree. He doesn't understand it. He gets the doctor to come check it out, and the doctor's like, "Ah." Oh. Yeah, he thinks that this guy sent it as a gift or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, as they're talking, he realizes every time he says a word, a leaf falls off the tree. Yeah, and they, and they the get doctors- to that very quickly. They're like, hey, did you notice that when you talk, a leaf falls off? And then you see that happen. He's like, hmm, I guess that that means when all the leaves fall off, you're going to die. It's like, Pretty okay. much. A bit, yeah, a bit he of goes, a jump what? to a con- conclusion. He goes, yeah. he goes sure, at it with not? an axe. He, he attacks it with an axe, oh, and then he's right. propelled into the nearby bracken, and he has a little yeah. cut in his sort of waist area. Um, and so we we believe him now. It's proved yeah. that he is well, linked to he, the tree. And before yeah. this point, before he has like any trepidation about speaking, it's a pretty good movie. Like it's pretty entertaining. Eddie Murphy's talking, his face is moving, he's pulling faces. <laughs> you know, he, he's using everything at his disposal. Really, he's throwing everything yeah. at it. Yeah, he's using all the physical elements he has as an actor and a comedian. Um, but as soon as he has to simmer down a little bit. Um, and down in front, as you would, mm. in a movie theatre, which is mm-hmm. essentially what what he's doing to himself. He's down in fronting himself through he's the whole movie. He's down in fronting himself. Um, it's ironic, isn't it? Because one of Eddie Murphy's like superpowers is his ability to say funny things in movies, right? And be funny. And this is a movie where for 70% of it, he can't say a single word. So it's almost like... I don't know, hiring The Rock and being like, you're wearing, you're not going to show, you're not going to be in a tank top. You're not going to show those muscles off. You're going to be wearing just this mattress and <laughs> hopping around in it. Mm. It reminded me of um, the Adam Sandler movie, Funny People, where it's just kind of like well, sentimental, but it has phases. Like it has a 30-minute period of funny and then a 30-minute period of absolutely unwatchable, depressing, and then it sort of, like, turns around at the end and is, I guess I feel okay now. I want you to think of another Adam Sandler movie. The Hulk. That maybe is quite wacky and funny but ends very tragically and sentimental and sad and is another movie about, like, a guy learning his lesson about... Maybe being a better person, Happy and Gilmore. getting another chance. Happy Gilmore, which is he- which is click right, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so th- this movie was written by the guy who wrote Click. Oh, yeah, 
And it's a fine yeah. premise. It's not a bad premise at all. You know? Yeah. The writer of this movie is a guy called Steve Corrin. And he wrote um, he wrote on uh, Saturday Night Live and um, Seinfeld as well. He has like quite a few Seinfeld credits, but the main ones that feel like this are Bruce Almighty, which he wrote, yeah. Click, and then he also wrote Jack and Jill. <laughs> so that's the best movie of all time. Ten out of ten. Yeah. There's a there's a really funny <laughs> bit in that movie where Al Pacino is on stage doing Shakespeare and he take he keeps taking calls, like on his mobile to talk to Jill because he's infatuated with Jill. Very funny bit. I'll do it for you Wait. right now. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Jill, I love you. It's good. Yeah, that was good. But he does. Uh, yeah, but, you know, he, he learns that he can't talk and then mm-hmm. pretty quickly uh, he's shutting his mouth. So we see him back at the cafe and now we're treated to some of his classic physical comedy where he is trying to communicate to Kenneth from 30 Rock who is serving coffee. Yeah. Um, who I think in real life his name is Jack McGall. Uh, it's oh. Jack McBriar, isn't it? Jack McBriar? Yeah. Do you think maybe yeah. they wanted him to play the Eddie Murphy character originally? <laughs> yeah. I guess this movie was filmed a couple of years into 30 Rock, so it was pretty new. So, Kenneth, the, the actor who played Kenneth, was still taking small roles, you know, two scenes in a movie where he, he just works he, as a Starbucks guy. Is he taking bigger roles now? I don't I think, think I've it, ever seen him in a movie. I think he's been in bigger stuff. Is he really? Oh, that's sick. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> He he replaced Hugh Jackman in the most recent Wolverine movie. Yeah, he was scary. Yeah, you know people tune into this show to get like real Hollywood facts, and you guys just muddy the water with these trivial pieces. Well, actually, if if the listeners want to check out the best Jack McBrayer clip on YouTube, it's just Conan O'Brien giving him shit backstage. Oh, I feel so oh, yeah. bad every time I watch that because I I just he's. I feel so bad for him. He's just making fun of him for being a southern gentleman and he makes him do like cross dancing and stuff while he plays a oh, country yeah. bumpkin song on, on the acoustic guitar. And John Hammond, yeah. his wife he at the time, is just laughing at him. <laughs> I feel so bad. Wasn't Jack McBriar in one of the early episodes of Arrested Development just as like a waiter at the country club? That sounds yeah so, yeah. He like it might be the, the one where Job becomes a waiter and is like going around giving people spicy club sauce <laughs> and stuff. I de- I just definitely remember him just having a small role as a waiter. Yeah, there's a card declined or something. I appreciate yeah. your time. <laughs> Can we talk about my favorite scene of the movie where um he goes to work but he can't talk and then uh Clark Duke just starts talking. And thinks that yes. he knows all of his secrets. That was a good scene. That was uh, quite funny. Yeah, that was funny. My favorite scene. My favorite yeah. scene of the whole thing. And mainly because I get to talk about weird shit now. Yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy comes into his office and Clark Duke is like, just asks him something innocuous. And then Eddie Murphy won't say anything. So, he's just kind of looking at him or gesturing. And Clark Duke just gets very guilty and he's like, oh, my God. Oh, you know what I did, don't you? Oh, I'm so sorry. And then this other woman walks in who works in the office and 
he just starts immediately like going, oh, the jig's up. He knows exactly what we did. We had sex on his table. We had sex on his couch. Oh, God. No, 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 no. They shoot furry porn in his office. And he's trying to throw her under the bus being like, she dresses up as the dirtier animal. Like this gun. And she's just like, uh, I was like, give me more of this guy. And little did I know, that's not what I wanted at all. Because <laughs> every scene with him is, it, it's a different, like, I don't know, it's a different comedy style each time. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the scene with the, where he has to, Eddie can't talk still, so he brings him along to a, a, a book deal with yeah. like his writers, and he's using like, uh, Urban slang. African American vernacular. Yeah. yeah. Urban <laughs> slang. That's the correct like, hop term. on this dick. Let's get some shots. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because he because he's the secretary, but he said, like, I want to try and have in I want to work up my career and eventually have my own clients and stuff. And so when Eddie Murphy can't speak, he's like, You come along to this meeting and you do all the talking and I'm just not gonna say anything. Pretending it's like a career advancement opportunity for him. And then Clark Duke, yeah, just completely ruins it by acting like the most arrogant kind of egotistical asshole. Oh, also um, at this point, actually, effect. it might be before this, but we learned that not only does the tree lose leaves and Eddie Murphy draws closer to his demise, but also if anything happens to the tree, it happens to Eddie Murphy as well. <laughs> so right. we yeah. we see three squirrels running up the tree oh, at yeah. a very inopportune <laughs> moment for Edward, who is meeting with some people in the hall, and then he starts dancing around like he's got squirrels running up his legs, and it's very embarrassing for the clientele. And then during this meeting that we were just talking about, the uh, gardeners come to, I guess, water the tree, which is something yeah. that you do. You water a tree. Right on the trunk. Yeah, you water your <laughs> yeah. Got to water that, that new tree. And, um, and then he starts sweating, which obviously makes him look very guilty during the meeting. And then later on, he's having it. It all happens during different meetings. During the third meeting, he, um, the tree gets gassed and then it starts yeah. playing the song, oh. Because I got her, because I got her. <laughs> Because and wait, you put Putri looked up, Putri looked up the gas as well. Yeah, the gas is called DDT, and I believe that it was used for the second half of World War Two. So oh, it's, it's, it's used. It's used as a weapon to kill people, and Edward Isn't Murphy that, is just getting high off. But this it, shit. it's like a insecticide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that that gas that brought down the second tower. Yeah, I think yeah, so. that's it. They did that first, <laughs> yeah, and then I, they came in with the with the planes. I think instead of announcing anything over the loudspeaker, like the PA in the in the um, in the plane, they were just playing that song as well because they got high. <laughs> that was so the yeah, last. That Eddie was the last Murphy thing is, they heard. Is, <laughs> is sitting in this meeting. That's like his last chance as well. He's already bungled a few meetings, and he's like on his last legs, and he's with his boss Allison Janney, and he just gets high. Which we wouldn't really know without that song. Like That's it's right. a good use of song. Yeah. <laughs> but you're seeing just guys like uh, exterminator-looking guys like spraying a tree with insecticide, and then he just gets baked from it. Yeah, he should have died at that point. That would have been a good point to end the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eddie Murphy's finding his life is falling apart because he can't use his words. He's savoring every single word because his life is going to end. And he's waiting desperately for this guru to come back from his three-day trip to Belgium or wherever, wherever Bolivia. Because uh, he reckons when he comes back from Bolivia, he'll, he'll have spoken to a lot of other gurus and will have pulled together the solution to save Eddie Murphy's life so that he can go yeah. back to talking. Meanwhile, his wife is leaving him because he's but not hold communicating on. properly. Wait. I refuse to hold on. And his job hold is on. falling put apart. It, because put a sock in it. Go on. Sh- just, 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 I need you to shut up. Just shut the fuck up for a second. Sorry, sorry, sir. You haven't said his wife is leaving him because she tried to get kinky. She bought some sexual outfits. She tried to reignite the passion in their relationship. She went a little too far. And well, hold on, hold on, now, hold, hold on a second. Okay. Now. Hold on, right, hold I'll on, just shut, hold up, shut the fuck up, shut up, shut the fuck up. Because what actually happened was. She didn't buy the kinky stuff. She went to her day job, which is in some sort of clothing store. and her, Some retail place. Yeah, her friend slash confidant slash colleague just had a handbag and opened it and was like, have a look in here. And she's like, I'm not that kind of woman, which suggests that her friend is just walking around with this handbag of kinky <laughs> shit all the time. <laughs> so so she's they have the, she's trying to get down and dirty with her husband and, her, and she just keeps being like, talk dirty to me, talk dirty. Yeah, Tell so me she, what you want. Tell me what not, you want. Not a, she's, she's trying to get down and dirty, but she ends up getting up and clean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, now, at this point, I was guessing like what's going to happen here because there's a lot of leather, there's a lot of handcuffs, there's all sorts of <laughs> nasty and naughty devices. And, yeah. um, and so <laughs> there's jelly, you know, there's all this kind of condoms. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Morning after pills. I mean, ooh. And anyway- you're sort of guessing what's going to happen here. How is his affliction going to affect mm. his sexual experience here? And my assumption was that there was going to be a safe word and yeah. he just wasn't going to be able to say the safe word to get out of the crippling pain that she was about to <laughs> bestow upon him. But actually what happens is she's like, I need you to talk dirty. I need you to say the things. To- I, need you to- I need you to tell me what you want. Um, <laughs> give it to me in words. Yeah. Tell me all your words. Say more than a thousand words about how and much you want me to fuck. And then <laughs> yeah, the but then hold was, on a second. Just hold was, on a second. What the fuck? Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just shut the fuck up, Morgan. Let Putri talk. I want you to talk dirty to me. I want you to say you love me. Say I love you. And then there's that whole back and forward where he's obviously not saying it, but then he does say it, and she's like, "It's not good enough. I want you to say a paragraph about." This sh- shit and how you want to stay with me and blah 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 and she's very he's like yes, yes. <laughs> yeah should have been good enough she's in my opinion she's really difficult and actually she could have been really funny like that could have been a really funny thing to be like all right you said I love you now say it in these exact words I think if she was like a very fat person oh it would have been way funnier <laughs> I just think it would have been, <laughs> been funnier. If the other, if his wife was Eddie Murphy. Yes. Yeah. As like that, a, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> as a clump. Yeah, yeah. I think if yeah. the clumps were in this movie, it would have been funnier. <laughs> that's what Norbit 1, is as well. Clumps. Yeah. Norbit is Eddie Murphy is like a skinny, white, nerdy Eddie Murphy and like a fat uh, female Eddie Murphy and they, they hook up. Um, yeah. I thought the same thing. I'm like, how do you not do the safe word that just, you know, goes too far? Well, but I think instead, it was trying to be a bit more of a family movie, right? 
Yeah, that's true. Well, that's- I don't know. You don't talk about furry porn if you're trying to uh, uh, appeal to the family. And there's that's a lot true. of they, they say they say shit. They say crap. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't show that to my family. It's also coming oh, off man. the back of a scene where he he already has an argument with his wife about how he won't express himself and won't because he he's like visibly you know he's trying to scream things at her with his eyes and this is the time when they're at the house and he should just drag her out to the tree and tell her about the tree like he will in two scenes time to his junior at work who if i'm honest is a way better marital partner for him than they communicate (laughs) way better there's that scene where he and his um yeah, his partner at work go off to a hotel room and they do fuck yeah. at length. That's his 20 minute long scene. <laughs> and he's just, he's talking dirty to him through the whole thing. It's, yeah, it sort of doesn't that, really track. Can I track. say the one thing that, that, that was one of the only times where the movie didn't ring true was like his wife was in lingerie. She was hot and heavy, ready to go. And she's just saying, talk dirty to me. He'd already had conversations on the phone. And like, it's not that he would never say a word. He was just very sparing about it. Any red-blooded man would have looked down at Kerry Washington and just gone, suck me, you, me cock, you, f- you fucking bitch. You stupid Such fucking bitch. a red-blooded thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. And you know suck that Kerry cock. Washington listens to this. Kerry. Kerry. Kerry Ann, as I, I like to call her. I don't know who Kerry Washington is. But he would have just said it. Like any, He would have she just been like, I'll George say a million Washington. words. Yeah, she was a descendant. Surprisingly not related to Denzel Washington, though, although they both do act. That is surprising. Fun fact. You learn a lot on this show. Yeah. Who who are some other actors? (laughs) (laughs) Paul Giamatti. Whoa. Uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Schaefer. Holy sure. <laughs> I mean, does he act? Does, is is he an actual actor though? Because he just kind of flails around on screen. Hold on, Paul. Wait, Paulie Shaw. Wait, am or I Paulie? Oh, saying? Paulie. <laughs> the bird. Oh, yeah. Paulie, great actor. Did you see him? Anyway, in we're, we're almost words? at the end of this thing, right? So, uh, <laughs> Kerry Washington gets upset because he doesn't talk to her during the sex or they don't even have sex. She storms out. She takes the kid. She leaves him. He's lost his job at this point. He's lost everything. He starts drinking. His life is a wreck. Uh, There's actually, only a first few before- leaves left on his tree. Yeah, and he-, he tries to do some good things to get the tree to the leaves back up. So, he's like giving money to charity. He's like helping... Blind people cross the road. He's uh, throwing bread at ho- homeless people, and when he when he tries to help the the, <laughs> the blind guy, that's that's in the early stage where where he oh, just yeah, like sends right. him into the road because he can't say when to cross. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was pretty that, funny. Wasn't that guy um the the old guy from Friday? Liam said that he Liam Gallagher, who I live with now, um from Oasis. Oh, I love Wonderwall. He, yeah. He was saying that he he said that geezer's from Soul Plane. He is. He is. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did sound like that, didn't he? He said um, that geezer's <laughs> from Soul Plane. He, hold on, mate. Pause it right there. That geezer's from Soul Plane. He is. 
like he's really annoying to watch movies with. He makes you pause yeah. it every time he recognizes someone. Oh man, and he says pause that for about- a second. Is that bloody Brad Pitt? He says that about everything as well. It's really starting <laughs> to. It's starting to wear so thin. Yeah. So, in his good deeds part, he goes to Jack McBrayer at um Starbucks and he gives him like a Beatles record. He like gives the him White the White Album. album. Oh, yeah, I guessed it. Yeah. Before it even came it's out, like that's going to be Beatles pressing. White Album. Yeah. Because he remembered did- that he liked the Beatles. Well, yeah, also I didn't the Beatles that. White Album uh, for the layman's who aren't in the know. That was the one that around that time, George Washington and John Travolta and Paulie and uh, Ringo Starr, they were getting into that spiritual shit, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. They were having a little- Oh, yeah. They were getting oh, a little- yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 no. Oh, oh yeah. no. No, but that's oh, after they, they, they spent, oh, they spent oh, a bunch of time in, in India oh, with uh, oh, the Maharishi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so that's why it had to be the White Album. Yeah. Anyway. And then he also he, buys he, he the valet's comes- manuscript. Yeah, that's right. So, so he starts he doing actual comes. good deeds that like are related to his actual environment and the environment he has control over. So, i.e., he goes and this guy who's been really nice to him at the coffee shop, he gives him the white album. He actually reads the manuscript that his uh, valet has been trying to push upon him all this time. He what else does he do? Is that all he does? No, he goes back <laughs> to goes his to wife, and she's like in a new place. Wife. She doesn't want to yeah. talk to him, but he he has like five leaves left. And he kisses his son on the head and he says, you, you me, me, dick, we, pussy, us, eternity. We. He says, you, me, cussy. <laughs> <laughs> and then as, oh. he, as he's walking away from her, he turns around, turns around, winks at her and says, lick my balls. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> he did, okay. did a big fart S- at that point as S- well. Suck my fucking... Fucking <laughs> little dick, you stupid bitch. He's using a lot of these leaves up, but he don't give a fuck no more. Yeah. Well, what he learned is that if he swears and farts, it doesn't count. <laughs> but finally, he decides he gets to go more and leaves. see his he mother. He learns he gets more leaves when he farts. <laughs> <laughs> he, he decides to go see his mother in the nursing home. Yeah. She thinks uh. it's her birthday again. And she's always, every time he visits his dementia-ridden mother, she's always like, is that you, Charlie? I'm Raymond. pretending that Charlie. <laughs> is that you, Raymond? Raymond is his father who left him at a young age. He's like, oh, and he's always no, saying, no, no, it's ma, me. Ma, um, it's, it's Robert. <laughs> ma, no, it's me, Robert. Deborah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so, so this time, though, instead of correcting her and saying, no, it's me, uh, Eddie Murphy, your son, he says, yes, it is me, your husband. And he sits down and pretends to be her husband, and she opens <laughs> he up. Eats her pussy. Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> and then it was disgusting. Really long she somehow scene. has the same bag of tricks that was given to his wife earlier in the movie, <laughs> and she's like, "I want you to talk dirty to me," and he has to uh, go through the whole rigmarole again. <laughs> no, okay. uh, so he pretends to this. He pretends to be his own father. She opens up and like talks to what she thinks is her ex-husband about how good a son she has and how she wishes he could let go of the pain that 
the father left in his life when he left and, and forgive him and because he's carrying it around with him and it's just so sad to see him crushed by this thing. And Eddie Murphy learns a little something. So then he off and leaves and he goes to visit his father's grave. Han, Han, before, before, we, before we leave that scene, because I just I'm need really to, to... get to the end of this film. <laughs> Sorry, <I'm> a- <laughs> I need to make an admission is in, that, in that scene, I genuinely teared up. Oh, like I, oh. It was so this is like an eight out of ten weeping Mitchell movie. It kind of <laughs> one scene got me, and it just like the the sad old woman acting, like she she was kind of grasping at straws and memory. She did a really good job, but I mean, it didn't leave me feeling good at all. It just made me mm. feel real bad. Like yeah. I, I could I could see there was a bit of an emotional punch there. It it was pretty um pretty sad. The other point I felt was pretty sad was when Edward got really drunk on vodka and then returned home and was like throwing his pictures of his family around. Mm. Like, yeah. He was felt like he was somewhat drawing on um you, you remember that time he did that in in real life. It was like that that whole thing with the Mel Gibson phone call, but this was like just a, a it, it was more of a Mel B phone call where he's like, yeah. that's not my son. Oh, he was yeah. throwing things around, but then they got the paternity test. Oh, fuck. Sorry. I know Scary that Mel spice. B listens to the podcast. Sorry. Sorry, Sorry Mel. Mel. Sorry, Mel. It'd be great to have Sorry. you back. I- I don't understand any of these references. Eddie Murphy, Eddie Scary Murphy really? Spice. Eddie Murphy has yeah, a baby with that. Scary Spice. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, but he denied it for cool. years. Yeah. He also was, okay. uh, didn't he hire a uh, transsexual prostitute at one point? He was in a car with one or something? I think so. Well, nowadays yeah, they call that brave, Declan. Oh, yeah. He was a trailblazer. Yeah. What a legend. Um, anyway, so then he goes to his father's gravestone and he's like, he has three words left or he has three leaves left on his stupid tree. And you know what he says to his father's grave? I am gay. Suck my dick. <laughs> he says, fucked your wife. He says, a thousand words. <laughs> he just goes, smell this, and farts and pisses on his dad's grave. But then the tree. No, he, he says, coming back. He said, this He says, I forgive sucks. you, and guess what? <laughs> it feels like he's about to die. He falls over. He clutches his chest and then suddenly it rains it's okay it, yeah, it rains there's thunder there's lightning and then suddenly actually it's fine because he's just made like peace. in click just like in click when when fat adam sandler's like at, on the hospital car park and it's raining and he just dies it was exactly the same wait right. we're missing a scene there's a scene where it's like all golden and he's like running through the wheat yeah talking, I talking too to confusing so i decided to, to describe it but yeah, Please, but I on. just wanted to say that that scene was shit, and I did not enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. It's worth noting. It was, it was yeah. not good. It was made no skip, sense. Skip two minutes ahead. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And none of the children flashback stuff needed to be in there. They were probably added later. To oh, you honest. know who was funny? The Latin American gardener who Edward made fun of to his face when he would talk. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember every time that guy would say anything and then Edward Murphy would be like, oh, yeah, you got to uh, water the tree. He would just like write. And it's okay for me because Eddie did it. Yeah, that's right. Fuck, that was funny. 
That was sick. Anyway, so flash forward to Eddie's no longer doing his uh, high-flying job. He's bought the house that his wife always wanted to in the neighborhood that would be good to bring a kid up in because there are lots of kids playing out on the street. The wife is like, this is awesome. Let's be friends again and and, and be married again. Uh, Eddie has stopped having his job. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's he didn't get his job. He back. stopped having his job, <laughs> yeah. but he's written a book about his experience. And on the front cover is a picture of a Bodhi tree with half of its leaves on, half of its leaves off. It's about his journey through this uh, spiritual awakening that he's had. And guess what? It's being published, but not by him, by his old assistant who is now filling in the role. And he's finally, you know, fulfilled. Uh, in his uh, story where he wanted to be a high-flying book executive guy, publisher, agent guy. Um, but then his little, his little assistant comes in. His new assistant comes in and he has a delivery for him, which is also a uh-huh. new Bodhi tree with only yeah. right. 15 leaves on it. Yeah, that's right. Because he's he inherited straight every straight at the camera the and goes, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends. No, right? he says, this is some kind of hot tub time machine. But it should be noted that the new house is just a pool with a fence around it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, But the new house also does have the tree And the wife is like, you brought the tree and it's all leaved up now And he's like And I thought it was weird that at that point he like switches tack a little He's like, shut the fuck up bitch, I'll do what I want in my new house And like smacks her across the face, it's weird Yeah. Yeah Yeah, he goes, don't talk Get on your knees and fill that mouth with something worthwhile. <laughs> and then I she, don't remember that. She eats the kid. I got a thousand words for you right here. <laughs> oh, Mitch, Mitch has gone to That's vomit. That's the end. That's the end of the movie. Disgusted. We did it. We made it to another zero percent. Uh, oh, man. Should we do some scores? Yeah. Poetry, would you like to go first? Yeah. You know what? I actually didn't mind this movie for the- for the first bit, I there was a lot of moments that um, caught me off guard and got a chuckle from me. However, there was not enough twissy, which is tree pussy. <laughs> um, so I'd have to give this a probably a seven out of ten. But I am rating it high compared to all the other movies that I have happened to watch with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I, and I is it the best of the movies that you've had that you've seen by virtue of living with Morgan for this podcast? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, probably. I, I probably laughed at this one more than I have with the other ones. Yeah. Can you give us a quick rundown of which ones you've sat in on? Is it almost all of them or a good portion? No, nah, probably most of the earlier ones. But since you guys have gone into the, what is it, like early 2000s horror-esque scary movies, I just, I could not do that. So I dropped out from there. You watched the most recent one, didn't you? The... um. The one about the Nazis. Yeah, yeah those Nazis. Oh, and the ones with the, the towers, the Twin Towers? Yeah. Oh, no, you're actually talking about a real movie. Yeah, no, I did. The Nutcracker, yeah. No, I did watch The Nutcracker. That was dumb. Man, that was a bad movie. I fucking, I had to walk out of that one halfway through. I could so not. I didn't watch it. I could not do that She one. walked out of the theater. She walked right yeah. out of the theater. We were the only ones in the theater. Yeah, that was shit. What about you, Morgan? Yeah, I mean, I'd say similarly. It was pretty good for the first 30 minutes. Like, he's drinking coffee. He's talking a lot. He's doing all the classic Eddie Murphy moves. Um, And then that middle part of the movie where he can't talk, 
I it it actually had a a sort of visceral effect on me where I felt like I couldn't talk, like I had limited yeah, amount true. of words, and and in that way it was kind of effective. Um, but it was also just so painful, and I just wanted it. I just wanted it to end, and it got it got sadder and sadder. It started off really funny, and it just got sadder and sadder. But in terms of entertainment, it was. Probably one of the more entertaining ones and more watchable ones. I I yeah. didn't have to tune out at any moment. For sure. So knowing what I've scored all the other ones, I would give it an I'd give it an eight. Shit. That's high. That is high. Even for Morgan the high man Quinn. <laughs> I think eight is your highest of any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. I, I think I'll give it a seven. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no take I, I That's think the you ball. should stick with us with an eight because you had a seven point five for Highlander. Yeah, two. I know, and and Highlander I really did enjoy, so it has to be a seven. All right, all right, we can take that. That's the same as Putri, Mitchell Gosling, my friend. What do you have to say for yourself? And and I remind you, you are under oath. <laughs> I mean, if I had a thousand words to describe this movie, it would probably start at the beginning. Eddie Murphy plays Jack McCall. He <laughs> quick, <laughs> quick draw, Jack McCall. Jack McCall. Um, he sounds like a pi- he sounds like a pirate, doesn't he? he? Sounds like a bit of a uh, 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 something you'd expect to hear. Um, uh, bloody uh, jo- uh, Johnny, uh, bloody uh, what's uh, bloody Johnny, uh, bloody Johnny Depp. Bloody bloody Jack McCall. It's, it's, it's Jack McCall. Yes. More like the real McCall, starring Pauline. Paulie. In the movie Pauline. <laughs> You guys remember Pauline? Anyway, I give this movie a 2.5. I remember, <laughs> 2.5? I remember Paulini. It got you weeping. Oh, Paulini. Paulini? You know, yeah. if, if you're going to come out here in a dress like that, I just think you might need to shed some pounds. Uh, that's oh. right. I remember that. What a controversy. Paulini. Paulini sounds like a delicious Italian pasta. Ooh, Paulini. <laughs> Paulini. Paulini with extra oh, parmesan. Paulini bolognese. <laughs> If you're going to come out in a dress like that, I think you just need to get on your fucking knees, you dumb little bitch. And fucking <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. The worst we've been your... on this podcast. I'm going to yeah, order gonna... Paulini next time I'm at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Paulini with oh, look, Parmesan. Uh, I'll get, get a serve of the Paulini Bolognese. And if you don't have a little bit, uh, any of that, maybe a little uh, younger divas. Can I get Can a Paulini? Paulini with <laughs> yeah. two litres of ginger ale, no ricolini. ice. I'll have one glass of your Anthony Kalia. <laughs> I'll be next door at the sushi joint having a little bit of Lee Hardy wasabi. Yes. Mitch said All 2.5, right. which was wrong, but let's move on to Hayden. That was wrong? That yeah. was wrong. You know yeah, what? you and cried. Can you I explain my reasoning? I'll movie. find you in contempt of court. You know what? I will redact that. I will go with 3.5. <laughs> Just for Clark Duke, um, but yeah, no, it didn't it? Uh, it just fucking grinded my gears. I didn't like it, Declan. I'm so angry. Mitch was under oath that entire time, so let's hear what Oath has to say about that. Uh, yeah, I thought that it was a pretty good movie, but uh, I couldn't really see it because I was too busy uh, crushing Mitch the whole time. So. I think it was a 4.8. That's my rating, Oath. 
Yeah, you, <laughs> thank you. I want to see a judge who just keeps saying you are under oath, and there's just like this big oath who sits on you until you tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched the movie as well, and I thought it was. I thought it was definitely like one of the one of the best movies we've watched. It was. Look, I didn't like it. I I did get kind of bored by Act Two and Act Three, and just kind of I wanted it to be over, but. It had redeeming qualities. It was funny. The pacing wasn't so bad. The premise was fine. Um, and the actors were... Or like There was nothing like offensive about this movie. It just wasn't that great. Um, but it did have funny moments. I thought that Eddie Murphy's assistant was funny. He played yeah. the part well. And I thought that most of like his parts, his, his the writing for him was really funny. Um Eddie Murphy did a good job, and it looked really good, right? It was a good-looking film. Yeah, it was, was a, yeah. a very nice-looking film, um, but it just wasn't that good. It. Oh, sorry. So yeah, the the only thing that I kept saying to myself whilst, um, whilst watching it was, "You're a fuck up, Hayden. F- you're a fuck up, Hayden. Hayden, you got to fucking do better. You suck. You suck, Hayden." And then mm-hmm. in between that sort of incessant, incessant um, self-talk, there was one moment where I kept saying to myself. Um, this doesn't. This is not a zero percent film, right? It doesn't. It doesn't deserve zero percent. It's nah. just a crap. I, average I think film, it does. Right? There's nothing wrong with it. You think I, it should I, be a zero percenter? I think that it should because the criteria is under five out of ten, and this is an under five out of ten movie. You can tell what's uh, going to happen the whole way. It's actually kind of painful well, once you get into those scenes. I don't think I it's hate painful. To be, it's just not that yeah. good. I don't want to be just, a hater. I don't want to bring all this racist. negativity. It sounds like over talking to me. Yeah, definitely. Do. Do, you, um, do you think it's more more <laughs> a racist? I think. Thing? I think. I think the color of the lead wasn't quite <laughs> Mitch's uh, thing. pale yeah. enough for you, Mitch. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, yeah. sounds well, like you wh- would have preferred uh, an Ari Gold to an Ari. Eddie Murphy has one of the greatest party singles of all time. Party all the time. Yeah. Mitch, um, do you think I, I didn't it was the being bad? Or do you think it was just your allergy to melanin? <laughs> what the fuck? When did this come in? When did this begin? <laughs> when you gave the, the movie f- a two, bro. Alright, so the reason the reason you're wrong, Mitch, is that I give this film a 5.1. So it is not rotten. It's not, Hayden, I, I guess. I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback off you, Hayden. It's Declan here with his final wrap up. The thing about life and relationships is <laughs> that you need to communicate, and that's what Eddie Murphy learned in this film. <laughs> I thought the quality of the actual production, as Hayden kind of alluded to, the way it actually looked, the cinematography, even the CGI besides the butterfly, was really good. Um, I, I liked the tree constantly. F- shedding its leaves um <laughs> i thought eddie murphy was good i thought clark duke was good no one else was really good in it um i thought Alison janney could have been good but she didn't really get to do anything i think she had a cold in some scenes as well which is always funny when an actor just has a cold for no reason but most importantly this was one of if not i'm gonna say it the best film that i think we've watched for the podcast sure i don't think it was a great film by any stretch of the imagination i'm going to give it a 6.3 
But in terms of just being a solid, watchable film, good length, fun for the whole family, not too offensive, not too boring, not too slow, a nice message, some nice themes, a bit of touch of emotion. Is Hayden frozen in the same way for you guys yeah. as he is for me? <laughs> yeah, he is. I think we should screenshot this and put it as the, as the picture for the podcast. I'm, I'm screenshotting this. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very good post. <laughs> but then he burped as well and it moved and then he's gone back to this. He says he thinks his internet died. Hayden's gone. All right, Mitch, yeah. I'll let you have your final word and then I will rebut it and end the podcast. <laughs> this movie, being inoffensive and, and just bland, I don't know. I, this movie got me rocking back and forth more than any other. Like, a bad comedy is... Like my kryptonite. This is a fucking nightmare, and I, 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 I can't abide by people saying this is not a recommendable movie. You couldn't show that. I could show someone Highlander two. I could show everyone Problem Child. Maybe not Bolero. Maybe, maybe not anything <laughs> else. But this is not the best movie that we've had on the podcast. What, what in the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I, I disagree think, with you. I think it is. Uh, maybe it's because it's it made in the era that I grew up, you know, watching movies. But I was going to tell Hayden he could have his kids watch this. Like, this is... Yeah. Well, you know, you know, yeah, I, when, it, when it first started, um, I was like, oh, maybe I should stop this, wait for the kids to get back, and we'll watch it together. But I don't know. It, it got a bit... I don't know if they... I, I don't want to have to have a conversation about, about why the woman's wearing leather and doing all that stuff. That's That's a bit much. Yeah, and after hearing Mitch's tirade of anger there, I'm actually I'm I'm coming around, and I actually no don't stay with me. No, I actually do. No, I actually do think this is the best movie I've ever seen. (laughs) 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 Hey, can we can we do our Australian politics uh, bits now, or are you just going to post them on the end of the podcast? (laughs) Um, We've been going for ages, but yeah, let's wrap it up with some uh, quick impressions. Do we just redo the terrible ones we were sending each other on WhatsApp this afternoon? (laughs) I think we have to do them in sequence. Interesting description. We have to do them in the same sequence that we did them because they had a bit of a flow. Well, I'm going to leave you guys to do that part. So, thank you for having me. That's why you had you you on the pod for this. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, 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 thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. I was here specifically to say that I came here to review the poster that I saw All right. of this movie. Don't let's, bother doing let's it. Let's save our impressions for next podcast. Let's let's wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think thank we can Thank you beat so much, Putri, for coming on the show. Thank you. You've been a great yeah, guest. Thank, thank you, Putri. No, thank you guys for having me again for an excellent, fun time. Please come back. All right. Uh, I'm going to wrap the podcast up. Let me sum this whole movie up in three words. Eddie Murphy's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots of shots of Eddie Murphy's back through this uh, through this movie. 